T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. Two four two two seven coming up in 40 minutes. Bob Nightingale will get the top five. Ron Rivera's already in the driver's seat for coach of the year. And what exactly are you going to do, Jerry? That coming up at high noon Eastern. 855-212-4CBS. I was going to talk about being a snitch. I was going to talk about, yes, I am more than willing to be a snitch to win a championship. And I still might do that throughout this show. I just saw something, and I'm going to bring Pierno in on this. I'm just going to vent. And I just, it's going to be about something that some of you, some of you find folks out there you're going to roll your eyes about. And you might want to turn the station. Just stay with me for 10 minutes. I promise I'm going to talk some hardcore sports coming up. I'm going to get in the re-ranking, the Madden rankings. It's going to be a hell of a time. I promise you. If if you stay with me for this, I promise you, I will talk some serious-ass hardcore sports. I promise you. That's my solemn promise to you, America. Okay? Just give me this segment to vent. Because I need to ask Pierno something. And you know what? For all you folks out there, I'm going to throw out the number. 855-212-4227. I'm going to make Pierno kill, get two birds stoned at once and see whether or not he can answer phones while he's doing it if people get in on this. Because my question to you is, am I right about this or am I just worked into a shoot? Pierno. Yeah. I got on Twitter today. Now, admittedly, I don't watch a lot of pro wrestling at this time. I don't watch a lot of current pro wrestling. Well, that's I, smart. That's smart. I got the network. Frankly, I watch a lot of old Georgia Championship Wrestling or AWA. Or, or I'm going through the Mid-South right now. They're in 1984. Jim Cornette's just shown up. It's been sensational. Um, I, I've watched in the Midnight Express. I, I, I watch a lot of old wrestling. And, you know, I when I when like my son, he doesn't want to see any of these current people. He wants to see The Undertaker. So I turn on, like, WrestleMania 25 and – Shawn Michaels comes down out of out of the heavens, and the Undertaker comes up from hell, and it's the coolest entrance ever. Liz, Liz by the way, goes, I want to see this. Do they do this every week? I go, no, this is WrestleMania, Liz. So he loves the Undertaker. He doesn't know that the Undertaker is a 1,000 years old and is just quote-unquote retired. He likes Stone Cold. He likes The Rock. He likes the whole thing, and they're the same people I like. And I got on the internet today, so I'm going to come off like a crotchety old bastard to some people, and you know what, that's fine. Because I need to know whether or not I'm right about this or whether or not I'm worked into a shoot. Because I just, I I get on Twitter and I'm going, hey, going to be on CBS Sports Radio, 10 o'clock Eastern, come on in and give it a listen. And I saw the what's happening and there's the latest COVID news and all the other stuff and 
I see WWE fans want better for Naomi after Friday's smack, Friday SmackDown. I go, what is this? I click on this, and it's it's all fans are calling for WWE not to overlook Naomi and better appreciate her talents after a heavy loss on Friday Night SmackDown under her real name, Trinity Fatu, tweeted, I'm so tired of 2020 and everything in it, including Lacey Evans. Now, let me ask you this, Pierno. I'm going to start off. Is this just the way that new angles, quote-unquote angles, are worked in in this generation of pro wrestling? That I'm sick and tired of everything, including Lacey Evans. Because I got nothing but people going, you know, she's been with the company since 2009. I think you people would do better by Naomi. I think you people would do. I go, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait, wait. Now, my grandmother, God rest her soul, she watched roller derby and she watched pro wrestling. and She thought both of them things were real. Okay? It's a bygone era. And when she turned on at 6.05, WCW on Saturday night, including my Aunt Wanda, did the same thing. If I was at my Uncle Jack's house or my grandma's house, they'd do the same thing. 6.05, Saturday night, it's coming on, boom. We're watching TBS. This is what we're, this is what we're seeing. And they thought that stuff was real. And when they saw Wildfire Tommy Rich taking on Tim Horner or someone like that, they wanted one to kick the other's ass. When the Road Warriors were taking on everybody, they wanted the Road Warriors not just to win, they wanted them to kick everyone's ass. They didn't argue for a better spot with the company. Is this what pro wrestling is now? Is this what I'm supposed to say? Is this what it is? It's just something, and it's a, well, yeah. it's the big bad company that's holding my favorite quote-unquote wrestler down. Well, you know, and a lot this is of, ridiculous. Well, a lot of this, this has to do real. also, but a lot of this has to do with the, the wrestling industry um, has kind of brought this upon themselves in a lot of ways. You know, they, they don't make it, like, believable, where, like, you actually, I, like, think that these are two individuals that – you know, really can't stand each other, want to beat each other up. Like, I watch, yes, I watch some of this stuff, Pierre. I'm sorry, I watch some of this stuff, and I go, go for the pin. What are you doing? Yeah. This is, I'm supposed to believe this stuff. I know it's not real. Yeah, but like no, I- no, no. The WWE and the wrestling industry, they have totally pulled back the curtain, and they are they are admitting, that they are telling you, to your face, this is not real. Like but, I, but, I, I but feel the like thing. they do that every single week. They find a way. They just keep on hammering it over your head. This is not real. This is not real. But that's not the purpose of professional wrestling. That's not what's supposed to be. Thank you. Thank you. Like, I, I'm looking at this. I go, uh, why can't it be the same thing as it is in any other form of entertainment? I know John McClane is not really hanging out of Nakatomi Plaza. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I know he's not. I know there's not a guy named Hans Gruber saying, ho, ho, ho. I know that. In my head, I know that. But for, for two hours, but I don't want to be told. I, I don't want to be. I don't want to be told. I don't want to be told, yeah, to my face. Like, I, this is not I real. It's not real. Yeah. Like in, in Die Hard. Did I sit there? Who made the movie Die Hard? Hold on. Who made the movie Die Hard? Like, this is why this is so stupid to me. Okay? In 88. Where people looking at this and going, oh, man, John McClain, Bruce Willis, finally Bruce Willis, he finally gets put over by 20th Century Fox. What is that? You guys have been holding down Bruce Willis for too long. He's been a he's been an actor contracted to 20th Century Fox for so long, <laughs> and now you guys are finally letting him star in an action movie where he's hanging off a of Nakatomi Plaza. Where, where is that? Where, 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 where is that? Where have I missed that? That's why, like, like, one of the things I hate about professional wrestling now is these cinematic matches 
Like, I don't know if you saw at WrestleMania, The Undertaker, well, AJ they had Styles. To do that. I, 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 was I, I hated it. it. I didn't hated watch that it. match. I didn't watch it. I don't like any yeah. of these cinematic matches. And that's all the WWE does cinematic matches. Now, we're going to have some more this uh, Sunday at the next pay per view, Extreme Rules. going to have a, a swamp match between Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman. Be in the swamp. There's going to be a bar match between Sheamus and Jeff Hardy in a bar. Okay. If so, anybody's oh, been in a real bar fight, they know that that's not going to be real. Well, a real bar fight is not like what they're going to show. It's nothing like Roadhouse. Yeah, it's just, I, I hate these cinematic matches where they have the music blasting in the background and, uh, you know, they have all these camera angles, all these camera shots, you know, uh, continuously got, changing camera angles. I'll be brutally honest with you. Maybe it's, maybe it's just passed me by. Maybe it's just passed me by. Because, I like, like, listen, I, I'm just going to break this down for you here, okay? Because I'm almost a man without a country at times. Like, I, I watch both products, and I, I do want both products to do well. Doing this, it, it, this is a form of entertainment. I don't know how entertained people are at this moment, but I, this is a form of entertainment. And, yes, professional wrestling is a form of entertainment, and everybody knows that now. They, pull, they, they let that toothpaste out of the bottle. It doesn't mean I can't be entertaining and get somebody behind somebody and go, I really want to watch this guy win and beat the other guy. Why can't I do that? I want John McClain to overcome the bad guy. Why can't I do that? Why can't I have both in a squared circle? And I get so upset by it, and I get uh, I get upset by both. And I've met wonderful people with both of those companies. Jim Ross has actually become a friend of ours on our show, and, and he has been Great with guy. both companies Great for guy. a long time, long time, and he's a wonderful, wonderful person. And I sometimes do. I turn on AEW and go, what the hell is this? They've been what a disaster. What the hell is going on here? I, you're, I got a thousand people diving through ropes. I got them trying to do, and it's just become one great big gymnastics match. I, I, I can, I can respect gymnastics. I'll turn on gymnastics. I'll watch. I'll go watch Simone Biles. There's too much of it, to bud. There's too much of it in professional wrestling. Try to win. I'm supposed to be behind you. You're supposed to be my favorite. There's a reason why we love movies and we want more of those movies, and we become because we become emotionally involved in those movies. I. It, Oh, my goodness, I can't believe Emilio Estevez. He finally got put over by the company to make Mighty Ducks. No, I wanted the Mighty Ducks to win. I wanted them to beat the Hawks, and I still want them to beat the Hawks. That's what I want. And I think we can do this in professional wrestling, and it's just, well, I can't believe Triple H is holding back so-and-so. I'm going to go and tweet about Congratulations. And then you got all the other stuff that's come out. And I know that they've had their own their own problems here. And people keep sending me because they go, Ken, you're a big wrestling fan. Check out this guy who does this thing where everybody grabs his crotch and they start flipping over. I go, what the hell is this either? I'm not watching this. You think I'm taking my kid to see something like that? If I was tw- I'll tell you right now, if I was 22 and drunk and I found out that that idiot was coming to my town, I might go watch that idiot. I might go watch him once. I'm 34 years old with three kids. I would like to take my sons to go see some professional wrestling. And I mean, not even, it doesn't have to be over at, at Rocket Mortgage Fieldhouse. It could be over at the Armory. It could be over at West 70th Street at the old church. I can do that. But I'm going to tell you right now, if I see some idiot show up and he has people grabbing his crotch and they're flipping around, I'm out of there. My son's out of there. We're never coming back. I'll tell you that right now. So I, I don't understand Maybe I'm off. Maybe I'm just off. Listen, I know it's become more of a secular thing. I know it's become more of a, well, this is what we do, and we are, we are, we are committed together and all. Fine, fine, fine. Congratulations. I'm just letting you know you are excluding me and you're excluding my money. 
I know you want more of the – and it's become a Comic-Con type of thing. And if you like that type of thing, that's fine. We all like something, and we all like things that other people don't like. That's that's perfectly cool. I'm just letting you know is I want to come see you. I want to spend my money on you. But if you guys start hitting each other with light bulbs, I'm not bringing my kids. If you guys start grabbing each other by the crotch and flipping around, I'm not bringing my kids. My kids aren't going to watch that. I'm not going to subject that to them. I'll wait until Axel is 22 years old and drunk, just like his old man old man was, is, old man was, and then he and his buddies can go and they'll watch it one time and they'll pay their five bucks and then that'll be it. All this other stuff just seems so damn dumb. So damn dumb. I, it's just one after another. And I guess that guy's out on his ass, too, with everything else that happened in pro wrestling over the last couple of weeks. It's There There has to be somewhere where I can I can watch and say, I, I know. It's not where, they're, where I'm an idiot and they're insulting my intelligence. I know it's a work. It's not fake. You know, hitting somebody over the back with a chair isn't fake. I know it's choreographed. I know it's a dance. I know all that stuff. I know it's there for my entertainment. And that's the reason I love it. And I've loved professional wrestling and been engaged with it off and on in my life. But I've always loved professional wrestling because professional wrestling to me is inherently American. It's just one of the things that does make America great. And I'm not trying to say anything political there, but you know I'm right. There are certain things that that we like that when when we put our swords away with each other on the Internet and we start to talk about real serious issues, when we're done with that, we kind of like. You know what? Yeah, I kind of like Stone Cold Steve Austin breaking down the glass and coming right through and, and going out there to kick everyone's ass and telling his boss that he's number one in certain ways. The rest of America likes because Stone Cold Steve Austin talked to his boss the way that oh, a lot of us would want to talk to our boss. We all have bosses. Most of us hate our bosses. Stone Cold Steve Austin hated his boss. We, we, we knew it wasn't real. We knew that Stone Cold Steve Austin was a professional wrestler, and if Vince McMahon really wanted to fire him, he'd fire him. If he really wanted to send him to jail, he'd send him to jail over all the other things that he did. No one's stupid. We wanted to believe it. We were entertained by it. And this, what are we doing? I mean, you got some of these moves that these guys do. I go, that, guy, that should put a guy in the hospital. That Cover. You're not covering? Why? Well, let's get back up and let's do it again. No, go home. End the, end the match. More matches. Let's go. You can tell the same thing in eight minutes that you're trying to do in 20. I mean, good God. The Undertaker became the Undertaker because he was a badass, scary individual that scared the everlasting hell, of me, hell out of me as a child. And there was a time where I thought if I didn't do what my dad told me, the Undertaker would be standing out there in the driveway. And in WrestleMania 9, my dad tried to plead with me, Kenny, it's not real, because I'm bawling my eyes out because Giant Gonzalez, I thought he killed The Undertaker. I had no idea about chloroform and any of the other stuff. And that guy's been able to do it for 40 years. And the wrestlers themselves took it much more seriously back then. Like, there was a time where The Undertaker, like, when he went outside in public, like, he would continue to be in character. Like, he would only wear black and he would continue to uh, be the Undertaker even when he would go out in public. Dustin like Davis. Like he would not break character. I- I'm getting tweets. Dustin Davis. Ken, hitting each other with light bulbs? Really? That's classic Foley and Funk stuff, man. Come on. No, they actually did it where I-, I thought that one of them was trying to win the match. We're not just going out there and dumping a bunch of thumbtacks out there and rolling all over the thumbtacks so everybody can ooh and ah and, and ogle at people cutting themselves all the way up and down their bodies. That ain't interesting to me. 
Leave it with Foley and, and Funk. I don't need to see that. And there were plenty of people, and people don't want to admit that, with Foley and Funk where they turned that off. Terry Funk was a storyteller. Mick Foley was a storyteller. I rooted for Mick Foley. I knew that he was Mrs. Foley's baby boy, and he was from New Jersey, and he grew up with a middle-class background the same the way the rest of America did, and he didn't look like he was all gassed up on roids. He didn't look like the typical person out there wrestling, and people wanted him to win. I wanted him to win. I wasn't mad at the WWE when he lost matches. I wanted him to win. I wanted him to beat Triple H. I wanted him to beat The Undertaker. That's what I wanted. And I was certainly old enough to know the difference and certainly old enough to know that that this, while isn't supposed to be real, he's still falling into all these things. And it's the same, th- th- same thing with Terry Funk. It's, it's not hard. But now if I see these guys, listen, it, Mick Foley can do it, and Terry Funk can do it, and a certain handful of others can do it. You ain't those guys, man. Don't do it. Because at least those guys, like the Sandman back in ECW, and that might be a stretch to some people, the Sandman, I believe, was trying to win a match. The Sandman would go out there and slice himself up every single night. I'm glad I got that off my chest. Thank you very much, Pierno, because this is, this is just silly. I enjoyed it. Good job, Ken. I'm mad at the company. They didn't put my favorite wrestler over. Great. Doesn't make any sense at all. 855-2124-CBS. All right, if you stuck through that, I appreciate it, and thank you very much. I won't be doing it again. Up next, you know what? You want to re-rank the Madden Top 10 rankings, Pierno? Let's do it. All right, I re-rank the Madden running back sheet coming up next because they have the top 10 people who they consider running backs. I re-rank them. I'll do pass rushers. I'll do quarterbacks by the end of this show, I promise. Bob Nightingale coming up at 1140. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. 855-2124-CBS. Bob Nightingale, 1140. We'll talk baseball with him. 1140 a.m. Eastern, 840 a.m. Pacific. Also coming up here in a little bit. Re-ranking the Madden Top 10 Pass Rushers. Madden comes out every year. Everybody gets all worked up about Madden every year. I think it's, it's amazing. The NFL executives, they had their Top 10 ranking. You didn't hear a word. You didn't hear a word. Madden comes out, them guys, they take it seriously. I love it. I love it. And I do think some of it is 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 fan interaction. You have the EA people who say, well, this guy, he does this, this, and this well, and you have to watch him for doing this, that, and that well. Nope, it's the same thing. It's an entertainment business, just like what we were ranting and raving about. It's the entertainment business, and there are reasons why certain guys are above certain other people. The Madden running back rank- rankings came out. McCaffrey, Henry, Chubb, Zeke Elliott. Dalvin Cook, now a couple of these are ties, obviously. Saquon Barkley, Aaron Jones, Joe Mixon, Alvin Kamara, Josh Jacobs. I looked at the top ten. I am not adding to the top ten. I'm not dropping from the top ten. The only thing I'm about to do is re-rank the top ten. So without further ado, Pirino, let's hit it. We re-rank the Madden 2021, or I should say the Madden 21, top ten running backs going into this season. My number 10 overall running back, if I look at this, I think my number 10 overall running back is Josh Jacobs. Again, I'm only taking from where they have and re-ranking from where they have. I think it's fair that Josh Jacobs is a top 10 running back. He did a hell of a job for the Raiders. Aaron Jones, I actually think Aaron Jones is underrated. I was surprised I didn't see him on a lot of lists from a lot of other places. Does exactly what he needs to do does everything that you need to do in that offense of where he works at, and I think he does take a little bit of pressure off the quarterback. Dalvin Cook, Dalvin Cook, I put him at eight. At times, I think Dalvin's a little bit overrated. I think Dalvin's a little little bit overrated. 
but he's still a top 10 running back. I put him at number eight. At number seven, and you want to talk about a resurrection, Joe Mixon is at number seven. I think that he's a, he's a great piece to what Cincinnati's trying to build. And I think that if, if you're looking at how to pay guys, and it's going to be a tough, tough market going forward. But if I have Joe Burrow, T. Higgins, A.J. Green says he wants to play 15 years, we'll see that. You have a better offensive line. I don't think Cincinnati tanked. I don't think Cincinnati tanked in the classic sense. I think they had just run their course, and they, they looked back in the barrel, and it wasn't there. You can disagree with me. When I look at a tank, I see losing on purpose. They kept a couple of those players that were on playoff teams. I think they wanted to compete. They still had Andy Dalton. If they wanted to trade away Andy Dalton, they could have tried to trade away Andy Dalton a year before, like some people were saying to do. They're just a bad football team. But if you look at where Cincinnati is now, if Joe Burrow comes to fruition like he should, this is a team that shouldn't be on its ass for very long. Again, Mixon's part of the future. It will offset with Burrow so you can pay one and not have to just worry about the other. If A.J. Green can stay healthy, which is always a question. John Ross, I don't know if I could ever count on him to stay healthy. T. Higgins being added to that mix, that offensive line coming back together. It's going to take some years to add on to that defense. And I'm giving a complete breakdown of the Bengals right now. I know I should be talking about running backs, but I wanted to get this off my chest as well. I look in that division. I think that that division is some of the most classic football that you're going to find in all the NFL, where you see what the Pittsburgh Steelers have done over the last five to six years, the same thing with the Ravens, where it takes some years to put together a defense. You can't just click, and all of a sudden you're going to have a defense there. You can put offensive pieces there, and I think that's the first thing that a lot of teams worried about. That's what keeps the fans in the stands. That's what keeps the owners okay. You can outgun at times, especially if you have that quarterback. You're going to take it on the chin, but you buy yourself some time. You buy yourself some time to build that defense. Joe Mixon, make no mistake about this, is one of the cornerstones of the future of that franchise. He should be able to take pressure off of what they have with with their young quarterback and Joe Burrow. Joe Mixon's seventh on this list. I think he's going higher in, 2020, in Madden 2022. Alvin Kamara, I put at number six. I look at who you play with, who you play for. You play for Sean Payton. It's a good franchise. You play with one of the greatest. I think Alvin Kamara would be on the top ten anywhere else. I think he's a little overrated by the people in the NFL and maybe a little, 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 little bit by some other folks. But he was ninth on this list. I give him more credit. I put Alvin Kamara at number six. Derrick Henry I put fifth. We all love Derrick Henry. He hauls the mail. I'm a big fan of Derrick Henry myself personally. And, again, it's who you play for. It's who you play with. Rabel's turning out to be one of the smartest coaches in the NFL. He plays with Ryan Tannehill. He did a lot for Ryan Tannehill last year. Tannehill got better. He did a lot for Ryan Tannehill. And when you're looking at a guy who is basically, I mean, in a lot of ways, an actual car driving through holes, it's going to be hard to tackle that guy. Zeke Elliott, I put it four. I add into the mix here of, and it's not just where I would put him in Madden. That's not the issue. I'm looking at top ten. Zeke Elliott, I would put it four because it's, again, who you play for, who you play with. Mike McCarthy, I think, will be able to use him better. There's going to be a little bit more time. Who you play with, you play with Dak Prescott. I think Dak Prescott has done a great job of using the talent he has around him. I want to make a great argument for Dak Prescott coming up here in a little bit. But I also have to look about, can I trust you as a football player? Can I trust you to do everything that needs to be done for my franchise? The talent's there. The play is there. The off-field I'm still concerned about. I think that Zeke Elliott could be at number one. He just doesn't put it all together. Nick Chubb, I put at number three. 
Because, again, who do you play with? You play with Baker Mayfield. You played for Freddie Kitchens. That offense was a train wreck last year. They couldn't get on schedule with any one of the wide receivers. They traded a first-round pick for Odell Beckham Jr. They could never get on schedule with them. It is documented now. We looked through this last offseason. The Browns thought they were going to a playoffs last year. They didn't know how to work to get to the playoffs last year. It's the same thing when you get a job. It's one thing to get the job. It's the other thing to keep the job. These are two different conversations. It's one thing to be picked to do something. It's another thing to do it. The Browns didn't know how to do it last year, and their offense was a total mess throughout. The one player with a bad offensive line, with poor QB play, with terrible game planning, the one player that was able to get a lot was Nick Chubb. If he had a better offensive coach, he had 1,400 yards last year. I can't imagine what he would have got last year with a better offensive coach. They should have something better with a better offensive line this year. Nick Chubb could be near at the tippy top for Madden 22. Number two, this has become controversial, Saquon Barkley. You're taking the pressure off a young quarterback. You're dealing with an offensive line that is scattershot at best. I have no idea what Dave Gettleman's planning on at any given time. Saquon Barkley has proven to be durable enough. Saquon Barkley has proven to be everything that they wanted him to be when they drafted him at that high spot. And those are always controversial picks. I think Saquon Barkley's number two. And yes, with a bullet, I'm in total, total agreement. Christian McCaffrey at number one overall. Off field, on the field, out of the backfield, in the pass patterns, everything that you want. If, if Teddy Bridgewater is able to remain healthy, this is an organization that can do some things with Christian McCaffrey. This is really an organization that can get on the turnaround. And, and Matt Rule, if he's able to do anything, now this is the scary thing, if he's able to do anything like what he was able to do at Baylor, they should be great offensively. Defensively is always going to be a compare, always going to be a question. I always am worried about these first-year coaches, especially with what we're going on right now. We're going on with right now with the coronavirus. Matt Rule already had to deal with Baylor. Baylor was in a horrific spot when he took over. He was able to do that. I wonder if Matt Rule is able to do it twice. This is a different animal, but he's got a nice head start with Christian McCaffrey. That's my top ten. McCaffrey, Barkley, Chubb, Elliott, Henry, Kamara, Mixon, Cook, Jones, Jacob. We'll redo the pass rushers. We'll redo the quarterbacks coming up in a little bit. Coming up next, Bob Nightingale, USA Today. We talk baseball with him because it's right around the corner. Got some good news with the COVID stuff yesterday. It's Ken Carmen on CBS Sports Radio. Right now it's the latest sports update with the always sensational Marco Belletti. This is the Ken Carmen Show on CBS Sports Radio. Up at noon, the top five, and, you know, it's a great idea. It just ain't going to work, and I know a lot of guys, when they talk about it, they want to put themselves in this position. I'm the last person you're going to want to put in this position. I'll explain it coming up at high noon Eastern. 855-2124-CBS at CBS Sports Radio's toll-free line. It's brought to you by the fine folks at Geico. There's always great news with Geico because they're fine folks. You can get 15% off your home and motorcycle and the whole deal. Go ahead and check them out, geico.com. It's fantastic. Baseball getting back into it. I got to ask a question about Aaron Judge with our next guest, and as well as several others. D.D. Gregorius is going to wear a mask on the field, which I didn't even think about this. Bob, you know, I want to bring Bob Nightingale on right now and ask him this question. I'll get to Aaron Judge here in a second. Bob Nightingale joins us. USA Today baseball writer, at B. Nightingale on Twitter, which things are, by, by the way, Bob, glad to have you back here, my friend. I know we talked about a month ago and things were a lot 
a lot nastier than where they are right now between the players and owners and society right now, buddy. Yeah, at least they, uh, you know, we're seeing light in the tunnel here with the uh, opening day on Thursday night. And, uh, you know, uh, you know, real positive as far as the, uh, you know, encouraging, I should say, with the uh, test scores, you know, I mean, the, uh, you know, less than what a half a, a half a percent, the guys are testing positive. So, you know, it, so everything's going good for baseball. I, I think they're very, very surprised. It's and pleasantly surprised. It's out well. It, it looks as if D.D. Gregorius is going to wear a mask on the field. And it looks like, from what I'm seeing here, it looks like maybe just kind of one of those the, the, the late fall, early spring kind of face shields that players wear. Could we see more of that on the field? I'm not sure. I think it'll just be a select few. Uh, and, you know, they can be uncomfortable. You're running and everything else. I think it's going to be tough for those guys to pull off, the guys that do it. So uh, I, w- I would think – you know, no more than just a, a couple on, on each team. You know, I'm sure some teams won't do it at all. Uh, just I don't know how much, you know, it's going to impede you as far as hitting and running and, and that sort of thing. You know, I, I know that you're a baseball guy, but I, I can't help but think about this because we haven't really talked about this on the show much. I know football is just around the corner. Is that something they could do and, and make themselves either feel better or at least keep some of it away where, hey, it's like, hey, you guys wear masks during the cold weather months anyway. Why don't you just wear masks at the beginning of the football season and throughout? Yeah, no, that's no, that's possible. You know, if it's a uh, comfortable enough, you know, you know, those guys feel like okay, um, uh, I can breathe fine and, and things like that. Particularly if it's n- uh, lightweight enough. But you're right. I mean, they do that in the football season uh, in the cold weather. You know, not everybody, of course, but some guys have done it. So yeah, it would be interesting. The great Bob Nightingale with us on the show. All right, Aaron Judge hit uh, hit a um, Herculean home run. I'm trying to do it in John Sterling, and I can't. Uh, he had a great home run in the uh, inter-squad scrimmage. He's battling a little bit of a stiff neck. Now, he's always had a history of injuries here. You're playing a 60-game season. I-, I know he's going to be he's 28, if I'm not mistaken now, Bob. Am I starting to wonder, or are other people starting to wonder, kind of a, is he a what-if superstar? Like, what if he wouldn't have had that injuries or had the history of injuries that he may have? Is that is that becoming a worry with baseball people around the country? Well, I think a little bit. I mean, they, uh, yeah, I mean, he's not 22 or 23, uh, and he has had a lot of injuries. He's a big guy, and, uh, you know, as we're seeing with Stanton, sometimes those big guys seem to get, you know, hurt more uh, more frequently. So, yeah, it's a, it's a genuine concern, and I, I think if it, if it wasn't, you know, the Yankees would have uh, locked him up before this. Uh, the fact that these injuries come in place, you know, I'm sure the, the Yankees are going to be cautious. Like, let's just, let's just see as time goes on here. Who do you think the Mets are going to sell to? The Wilpons, I should say, are going to sell the Mets to. Uh, yeah, I mean, my gut tells me Cohen. Uh, you know, I, I think A Rod's group is is definitely in the mix, and they uh, and we'll see, we'll see. I mean, I think if it's close, he sells it to A Rod. Uh, if Cohen just blows everybody out of the water, then I think he'll just take the money. How ironic, by the way, is it that A-Rod wants to talk about salary caps now as a possible owner in Major League Baseball, Bob? Yeah, it was kind of strange. I was on the uh, conference call. You know, he never used the word salary cap. Just say, hey, let's grow the sport from 10 to $15 million, and everybody can share in the uh, revenue. So I think just the fact that that phrase, uh, you know, some people jump on it. It went right over my head. Uh, so, yeah, he, I mean, he never said salary cap. So, you know, he uh, – 
you know, back down from that pretty strong, you know, right after that when the uh, when the stories came out. So yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't I don't think he meant that. I think he just meant, hey, let's go the game and everybody's happy. Is is that ever something that you could see being being real in? professional baseball like say we get to the end of the 2021 season they're going to go back to the table could we ever get a scenario where there's a salary cap and maybe a salary floor to 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 make the players feel better about that or is that just a pipe dream well it's possible you know who knows when i mean it's only sport without a salary cap uh you know if you want a floor you have to have a cap as well the thing is now is you know there's no salary cap with the luxury tax it's almost like a soft uh salary cap so, so many teams don't want to go with a luxury tax. So, it's almost like they have a uh, salary cap as it is. Uh, certainly, it's not a hard salary cap, but more and more teams, you know, you, you hear people talk about all the time, I don't want to pay, you know, luxury tax. How how important will manager experience be during a 60-game schedule? Well, I think, uh, you know, big time. I mean, now it's uh, you got to be very aggressive and, and creative. And we saw that years ago with Terry Francona. When he used his closer, Andrew Miller, in the fourth and fifth inning, uh, his staff was beat up in the uh, maneuvering around it. You got the you know, game seven of the World Series. Uh, we saw with Davey Martinez last year when, uh, during the playoffs. And stars would you know, start one day, and then two or three days later, they're pitching in relief. So I think there'll be so much more urgency just because you know, every game is worth you know, 2.7 more than usual. You know, we've wondered, you know, do, okay, if you win a 60-game season and you win a World Series at the end of it, do you celebrate it? Is there an argument, Bob Nightingale joining us on the show, Bob, is there an argument that I can make that says that this is actually more strenuous over time than a 60-game schedule because of what you're dealing with, the reduced travel, the restrictive nature of the travel, the no fans in the stands, everything else? Is there an argument I can make for that? Oh, absolutely. You know, I've talked to managers, GMs, players, and uh yeah, they're, they're with you. They'll argue that this season will be more than any other season, just in you know, light of what we've gone through here with the uh, you know, going to spring training, shutting it down, having no idea when we're going to start up again uh, you know, with the pandemic and uh, uh, what's going on in the uh, country socially. But, yeah, I, th- I, think the, uh, I think this season will be remembered for a long, long time. In 1881, about 40% of the season was gone anyway with the work stoppage. You know, the Reds and the uh, Cardinals had the uh, two best records in the National League overall. You know, they neither qualify for the playoffs. But yet, you know, we're not putting an asterisk in the Dodgers or in you know, 95 with the Braves when that was a shortened season. You know, 144 games, but it's still shorter than normal. So, uh, I, I don't think it would be an asterisk at all. I think college football and baseball, professional baseball, are the only places where there's an actual home field advantage anymore. I don't think it matters as much in the NFL as what people want to think it does. I certainly don't think it matters as much in the NBA or even in hockey as what people do. Is there still a home field advantage in baseball in 2020, even though there will more than likely be no fans in the stadium at any time? No, I don't believe there is. I I really don't. And I, I wonder how big it is even in baseball. I mean, last year the World Series, you know, neither neither team won a home game. You know, they all won uh, uh, road games. So it's not like the old days at the, uh, you know, at the Metrodome, Minnesota, with the uh, people losing the ball, the light, light, that sort of thing. Uh, I, don't, I don't think it exists much. But with no fans at all, I mean, the only, you know, the only break you have is that the home team gets to sleep in their own beds. Uh, you know, road team goes through all the protocols and stuff, being on the road and not going to uh, the hotel restaurants or bars. So that's the only advantage there is. I've had you on many times, so I can ask you this question. 
Uh, from your answer to the last question I just asked you, on a scale of 1 to 10, how stupid did you think that question I just asked you was? <laughs> no, not at all. Yeah, no. I mean, it's a, uh, but yeah, I mean, I just think, you know, in baseball, when the uh, people talking about, oh, having a home field advantage in the World Series, I just don't think it, you know, is there anymore. Remember, even the Cubs in 2016, you know, they had to go back to Cleveland, won the last two games there. Uh, yeah, I, I think it's a lot bigger, uh, you know, a lot bigger in the NBA than, than baseball. See, I, that's where I, I, I actually kind of disagree with it. Just, and I know that they're close, right? But it's like, hey, you got you got LeBron James or a healthy Kevin Durant or Giannis Antetokounmpo. There's just so much you can do against a guy. When I look at professional baseball, and yeah, you're right. I, I Maybe I've overrated it. I'm going, all right, the fans are one thing. But all, every field's different. You have to play every outfield different. Pitchers are different. There's so many different things that you have to bring into effect that I look at baseball and then college football just because they're young. Some of these places are vibrant from two hours before kickoff all the way through the game. I actually find those two to be the biggest. And you think the NBA is actually bigger than baseball. That's interesting to me, Bob. Yeah, I really do. I mean, I think you can be a poor NBA team and have a chance uh, at, at, at home and you know, no chance on the road. Uh, just, you know, with the fans screaming on top of you and nonstop action. I just think the fact there's, you know, so little action in baseball, it's not like you know, I haven't heard any players say, oh, my God, I was a uh, rabble by the fans or couldn't hear myself. Uh, I think the last time it really happened, like you said, was the Metrodome there when the Twins won the two World Series in 87-91. That was a huge home field advantage. Are the Houston Astros, Bob Nightingale joining us on the show, are the Houston Astros still villains or is – because of all this, have we kind of just forgotten about it? Or are we going to go on with baseball? I think we kind of forgot about it. It's a, uh, I mean, with no fans anyway, maybe some fans later on in the season. I mean, no fans, it's like, who's going to boo you anyway? The groundskeepers? You know, it's going to be, yeah. you know, nobody's jumping on the uh, Astros. They benefit more than anybody by this. And even when fans are, are back, it's like in the grand scheme of things, it, you know, is it that big, big of a thing to feel signs in baseball compared to, uh, you know, the death rates and everything else going on. Well, I just – and also, it seems that, you know, if, if fans were able to get into the stadium, and maybe it'll be different in 2021. Maybe it'll be different then. Maybe this is something that carries a long way. It could. Fans have long memories. But the only players I think that I've seen have a problem with it are just a handful. I mean, everybody else seems to be like, yeah, we kind of all – and I, I did think the electronic stuff and, and things like that, I thought that that was ridiculous. But I, it looks like a, a lot of players are like – yeah, we kind of all try to rip each other off. We're all just going to kind of move on from this. Yeah, I mean, everybody tries to steal each other's signs. I mean, they took it to a different level, but you know, I think we'd be naive to think, hey, they're, they're the only team that took it that level. Uh, they're the only team that got caught, and that was it. Uh, in talking to the Astro people, they were they were convinced that our teams were doing the same thing. They were just going to keep up the Joneses. So, no, sign stealing's been going forever. But, yeah, with technology now, it's just, you know, inviting inviting more trouble uh with the video room it was just too easy to cheat that way bob nightingale at b nightingale on twitter who's your world series pick who's in it who do you who do you think wins it you know something like those test scores they say don't change your answer because it's it'll, it'll mess you up and i'm going to stick with my original one which was dodgers over the oakland a's so i'm doing a uh, a replay of or sequel of 1988 uh, I, I think the dodgers are the best team in baseball uh, you know, so have so much depth. And Oakland A's, you know, hey, they're they're a scary team. I'm not so convinced about the A's now. And they wanting to be able to work work out like four days. 
because of the testing procedures uh, were messed up there in Oakland. And uh, it's a young team. But still, it's a very, it's a very, very talented team. Well, wow, that's incredible. Bob, I can't thank you enough for the time. At B Nightingale on Twitter. Bob, we'll talk to you again very soon, my friend. All right, look forward to it. Thanks, buddy. At Bob Nightingale. Uh, at B Nightingale on Twitter, one of our favorites. 855-2124-CBS. I think a lot of players – I think there's there are some players out there, and, and they have put themselves out there. Trevor Bauer is definitely one of the guys who – he is very anti-Houston Astro. I think that guy would rather die than play for the Astros right now. Um. There are a couple of guys who are very upset with the Astros, and you might see a, a little bit of a back and forth this coming 60-game season, which starts on Thursday night. There's going to be some people who are upset, but you know I think there's a lot of players that are going, yeah, you know, that was three years ago, and with all this, it's kind of put things in a different light. Perspective, you know, that's up to the fan. If we get to 2021 and fans are a lot in the stadiums, and I certainly hope so in, in some capacity, if we get to 2021 and there's fans allowed, I think that fans have very long memories. I think fans will give them the business. And you know what? Might as well. You should. That's part of the fun of being at a professional franchise's baseball game. That's part of being a fan. That's part of the fun of it. But I think a lot of players are like, yeah, you know, it's a 60-game season. And there has been, when you go through a labor negotiation, the way that the players have, there is always a kumbaya kumbaya moment a a togetherness with them over the owners over the general managers the front offices like we've seen over the last couple of months they tend to stick together and that does include the Houston Astros yet there will be players who they they put that aside players have short memories fans have very long ones and if I can't get fans in the stadium I think that that does take away a little bit of that fun that we were going to have for 2020 but still 60 games is better than none, just like Rube Baker said in Major League Two. It's better to eat bleep than not eat at all. Coming up next, the top five, and I got a great idea for college football. Don't pick me. It's Ken Common on CBS Sports Radio. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.